Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. 2020 is not over, y'all. Don't be thinking about 21 yet. Don't be thinking about 21 yet. Wednesday night, elevate. We, get this. Let the magnitude of this hit you. And all the things that have happened in 2020, from here on out, as we move into December and the holiday season, these are all the last time we will do them in 2020. So we have got to treat them differently, I believe, this year with more awareness than we have any other of those things because I think this year we appreciate the, the, the blessing it is to be with family, the blessing it is to be in a church, to be able to worship God. We have taken that for granted. Can I get an amen? But we won't take it for granted anymore because of 2020. So therefore, Wednesday night is the last Elevate Wednesday of 2020. You think, you think for a minute, we're just going to glide and just sort of uh, slowly make our way out of 2020. No, 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 no. We're going out of 2020 with a bang, y'all. I'm telling you what. We're going to crush the devil's head on the last month of 2020. We're going to worship God. Wednesday night, we're going to preach. I'm, I don't know about preaching. I preach, teach prophesy the gifts of the spirit are going to operate we're going to walk around this place and pray we're going to have jericho marches praise god i'm gonna blow the shofar i'm telling you every crazy thing you can think of to do in a church service we're probably going to do it it. then we're going to end this year and count down new year's eve from 2020 to 2021 in this house with our brothers and sisters So y'all need to go ahead and cancel your plans to hang out with your heathen friends. Y'all going to sit up drinking champagne, drinking and all that kind of stuff. Well, you think the Lord's just going to look the other way on New Year's Eve night. Get out of that crowd and bring them with you here. We're going to be drinking up in here too. Huh? We're going to be drinking up in here too. We're going to get, some of y'all going to be skunk drunk up in here, but we're going to be drinking the new wine, baby. Hey, hey, it's going to be happening here because they're going to they shut it down. Shut it down. Times Square. All they, they ain't going to be able to get the million of people elbow to elbow up That's in there. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. If they, if they don't watch, they're going to shut the club down too. If it gets any worse, they're going to uh, say, oh, uh, no, 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 no. You might not have no have choice. going to stand outside in the street, but not up in here. The Rona going to shut your club oh, down. Oh, it's going to be rocking up in here. Hallelujah. Rona may shut your club down, but Rona ain't shutting this club down. I'm trying to preach, baby. It's just been on me today. It's been on me. I've been on rabbit trail after rabbit trail. You can just interrupt me and preach on anytime you want to. But uh, we're going to try our best to finish this series today, The Valley of Dry Bones. If you got your Bible, shout, I got my Bible. I'm going to read to you what we've already preached Says the hand of the Lord came upon me, brought me out of the spirit, uh, uh, brought me out of the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was what? Come on, it was what? Full of bones. Y'all can y'all y'all can see that, right? All right, y'all gotta help me preach, y'all. Y'all know this is solid rock. Y'all help me preach. 
Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were what? Very dry. Thank you. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Sound like a song. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Okay. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together. Bone to bone. Now we're going to pick up in chapter, uh, chapter 37, verse 9. Baby, you read it for us, and then I'm going to preach it, and then I'm going to tag you. All right. Verse 9. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Come on. Prophesy, hey. son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, hey. and breathe on these slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> that they may live. Yeah. So I prophesied as he commanded me, mm-hmm. and breath came into them, come and on. they lived. Yeah. And stood up on their feet, yeah. an exceedingly great army. Oh, yeah. Then he said to me, Son of man, yeah. these bones <laughs> are the whole house of Israel. Come on. God's people. Hey. They hey. indeed say, our bones are dry. Uh-huh. Our hope is lost. Yeah. And we ourselves are cut off. Come on. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold my people. Mm-hmm. I will open your graves yeah. and cause you to come up from your say graves it. and bring you into the land of Israel. Uh-huh. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, oh, my Mm. people, and brought you up from your grave. Come on, give the Lord a praise for that word right there. I'll tell you, that'll preach by itself right there. Now, baby, before I turn you loose, I just want to remind the people that God has set Ezekiel down in this valley. He picked him up and he set him down in this valley. And then God asked Ezekiel, do you believe these bones can live? And what did Ezekiel say? Lord, of course you know. You know all things. He said, son of man. Somebody say that with me. Son of man. man. It's very important for you to get this. Son of man, I told you last week, that was bringing his mind back to the garden. We'll get on that in just a minute. But that word man is the word Adam or Adam. Son of Adam, prophesy to these bones. And the Bible says, as he prophesied, the things that God willed and God desired to happen began to happen, but not before he prophesied. It's important for you to understand when God says in what we just read today, get ready, baby, prophesy to the breath because we don't have life without that breath. We're going to show you today what was really happening in that moment. Come on, Pastor Sandy. Tell us what was going on when he said to Ezekiel, son of man. My goodness. 
He calls him son of man again, a call, a reminding. This was the Lord reminding him about his authority. My God, we all have authority. God has given you authority to speak over yourself and to speak into your family, to speak to situations. We don't often use it. We don't often take that. We live in defeat. We live in lack. And that's not the will of God, Miss Ruby, when he's provided every single thing for us. And yet we stand in want and in lack, hurting and depressed, sick and sad and lonely. It's not the will of God. So God is reminding Ezekiel of his authority. He wanted to kick it all the way back to the garden. In the garden of Eden, who had dominion? Who had the authority? Adam had it. He had it in the garden. My goodness, this was the picture of what a man should be. He had everything. He was the quintessential man in every way, in wisdom, in stature, in anointing, in authority, and in power. Praise God. He named all of the animals. Who can do this? He was in perfect health. I mean, he had to have been the picture of a man, the picture of authority. God wanted Ezekiel to be reminded he had that authority. You be reminded you have that authority today, even in this day and hour. We have the power of life and death in our tongue, yet we speak negativity. We speak doubt, or sometimes we don't speak at all, and then sometimes the one time we choose to open our mouth, we speak out of doubt, lack, fear. Come on, God wants you to live in peace and prosperity. He wants you to be prospered in every single way. But we've got to take back that authority. I love this verse, Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amen. You got to call those things that are not as though they were. Come on. Sometimes you got to look at your bills that are unpaid and you really don't in the, the real world know how they're going to get paid and call them paid. Amen. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to get gas in your car, how you're going to get your car fixed. I mean, come on. We've been there many times where you just need it. Your car was like, you're just waiting till the end of the year. You're waiting till tax time. You're waiting till a Christmas bonus. Well, guess what? All those things are not happening in the months of June and July. So what are you going to do then? You're going to get your Bible and lay it on the hood and speak to your car. Because we had to do that, didn't we? I'm t- You will run. You will run until, until, hey, until. Hey, tell them. Tell them what you're talking about. Tell them what happened. Oh, my goodness. We were poor as church mice for I don't know how long, but that was okay. We had each other, right? <laughs> well, praise God. Sometimes each other does not get the job done, but God can. Amen? God can. And we were having car problems. I'm talking about I, if this, every day, if this, just one more day, just one more day. And all, every trick in the book to jump it off and get it started and run and plead the blood. And one day it just wasn't, it, it wasn't cooperating. It did not get the memo. I don't know what happened. but You've got to understand the magnitude, the transmission 
was a manual transmission. The clutch went out. The engine was locking up. When I would go up Horse Branch Hill up uh, Highway 31, I had to pray in tongues to get up. I had to get over to the side let everybody go up <laughs> because I was, like, going 15, 20 miles trying to go to work. And finally, one morning, I was doing that every day, and one morning, it just oh, wouldn't yeah. even move. One morning, his faith was just not there. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. The, there's no recourse. There's only one thing that's going to happen here. God is going to Because there's hear, no money. There's no money to fix it. It, it can't happen. Yeah. Now, listen, money's on the way, and I have faith, and I believe. Yep. But guess what? I don't have it in my hand yep. right now, yep. and yet you still have to go to work. Can that's you right. believe yep. the demands people put on you? It's just yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. But anyway, so his faith is a little down, and he's got to get on the road, and all this is going on. I'm like, I'm telling you what, I've got, here's my Bible. I'm going out here. i got to set the picture for y'all. She was in a house coat. I'm in my gown, y'all. She's it's, in slippers. She's coming out of the trailer, coming I'm, out of her mobile home. Like, this is going to have to work because there's nothing else. Take the Bible, lay it on the hood, start praying, start speaking over this vehicle, start prophesying to this vehicle, basically, calling this engine part, transmission and all this. You're going to work. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. We're going to, you're going to work until the money comes to put you in the shop. And I'll tell you what, did it work? It, it, it worked. It drove perfectly until the day. We ain't making this up. Until the day she told me, we finally saved up money to fix your truck, and it died. It had to be pulled by a wrecker sure did. to be fixed. But the words that she uh -huh. spoke uh -huh. happened exactly yep. what she spoke. Can I say one more on automobiles? And I don't recommend this, okay? You better know the Lord's told you to do this if you do this. So 1996, we had this minivan. I loved it, but you know, it just, it was old. It had seen its better days and we knew that it needed work. And Delane can attest to this if he'll remember this. We went to Columbus, Ohio, Rod Parsley's church to a conference. It was me, Larry, Delane, Pastor Wayne, our two kids. And we knew you're just going to have to put, keep extra transmission fluid and pray a lot. We're we going literally had conference. a case of transmission fluid in the back had of the van. Had a case of transmission fluid. Back. So it was acting up before we left home, Mr. Ruby. Now, this is a lot of miles, okay? We got to drive a long way with two small children. Everything in the world could go wrong here, okay? And Delane is reading every single sign. <laughs> every road sign out loud. I don't know if he's in here. And so then I start reading them out loud. And then I could see your fingernails doing this on the steering wheel because I knew we were driving you crazy. But we were bored, so we had nothing else to do. That's another anyway, sermon, baby, for another time. Another day. sermon for another time. So I'm telling you, this thing was acting up on the trip. Okay, long drive there. We got to drive back and forth and all around during the conference to get to, from the hotel to the church to the place to eat, to go to Target to get supplies, all that, blah, 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 blah. It acted up, kept pouring transmission fluid. It acted up on the way home. We were believing God. We had to speak and pray and just, I don't know, had to have prayer service over that vehicle. We got home, pulled into the little uh, parking area in front of our house. It would not move again. Literally. Literally. We couldn't get Transmission it to move. fell out of it. Ha once again, had to get a wrecker to take it yeah. to the shop. So, listen, I'm not telling you to do that, okay? We were trusting, believing God, praying, that, when that's all speaking, you got. 
That's all you That's got. That's all you got. Because we were going to conference yeah. to receive from a man of God. Got. Yes. And God worked it out. But I tell you what, it had to come out of our mouth. We had to take authority. Amen. And yes. God did it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Somebody say God did it. I'm going to tell you something, when, 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 as she's talking about that he began to prophesy and he began to speak into things about the power, she wrote that scripture up that said that, that we get to call, the, by faith, we call those things which do not exist as though they do. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the breath. The, the, the commandment from God was to speak to the breath and speak to the wind. That same word for breath is the word wind. And then he says, he says, prophesy, come from the four corners, the four winds of the earth. I want to tell you one thing with Sandy and I were talking about. We were sitting there looking over our notes this week, talking about our, our message. And, and we began to realize together that this was bigger, was bigger than that valley. Yes, you know, I've preached this sermon so many times, but the more I study, the more I realize that this was a message, even, even in Ezekiel's time, of course, we know it's applicable to us in our life right now, but even then it was bigger than just that valley. It was, it was the prophet saying, if you're speaking to the four winds of the earth, there's dead, dry valleys all over the earth, and your words are powerful enough to penetrate this valley, but also powerful enough to tr penetrate valleys of dry bones that you're not even standing in. How many knows your words are powerful enough to affect a nation? Do you believe that your words can affect things happening in our nation? Do they need to? Do you believe that we need to have some people that believes God that we can affect the nation? For those who that stresses them out to think about trying to reach a whole nation, how about try to reach your break room at work? Amen? Try to reach the people on your street where you live. Come on. God, that's your world. If that's you your get world. Down to that's, it. that's exactly right. That's a good word. That's your world. Yeah. Your world is what you exist in. Yes, it is. You know, and Jesus said when we go out, the Great Commission says you go to Jerusalem, which is your world, your city, yeah. your place. Your Jerusalem could be your block, yep. could be your, your co workers, could be your family that lives under your roof. Then Judea could be the, the, the city, the community in which you live in. And then the metro area. And then to Samaria, which is your state. And then the uttermost parts of the Come earth, on. the rest of the world. It's a worldwide pro proclamation. Come on. It's so powerful. I want us to look at that scripture again. It says that we are to, he said, prophesy to the breath and prophesy to those that were slain. Now, now when I saw that, like I said, I'm seeing so much in these scriptures that I did not see other times that I've preached. It says that breathe on these that were slain that they may live. Can I tell you something? That when something is slain, that means they were killed. Right? And for years we have preached that this was purely dead, dry bones because of decisions that were made and people just placed themselves in a valley and just died of starvation and, and died of, of lack of, of hydration and so forth. And they just died in this valley and piled up. And that is the case. That is the case of people. People will, can die spiritually and dry up. But this is really interesting because this is a command to people who have been attacked. How many knows the Bible tells us it's not in our notes and I'll be on the screen, but John 10.10 10 says the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and destroy. 
But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So we know the enemy is always trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Because death is one of the keys that at one point hell the devil had but thank god that when jesus died on the cross in those three days in the in the tomb he wasn't just in that tomb the bible said he went to hell and took the keys of death hell in the grave oh death where is your victory oh come on are you here so i thank god that no matter how i just want to say this i put this in my notes no matter how you made it to the valley If you made it because you wandered in there, because you got off the path, a fence hurt you and took you down a path that took you away from where you needed to be, and therefore you ended up drying up and and dying spiritually. Whether you made decisions in your family, decisions in your personal mind that brought you there, or if you were unexpectedly attacked by the devil and, and it took you out, Whether you are there by your choice or whether you were there because somebody took you out, death seems so final. But God. Mm. But God. I'm going to tell you something. Death seems so final. But God. Let me tell you something. Either... He rolls the stone away in your life and brings the power of the resurrection into your life and raises you from the dead. Either you get up and walk out of the valley of dry bones because you were dead and you came alive. Or if you stay in the presence of God, you're still alive. On this side or the other. But how many knows God has the ability to change your situation on this side? Somebody say, Lord, here I am. Change my situation. Now, here's what I want to say for the next few minutes. It's very, very important. Let's take the drums out of the monitor just a little bit, just a little bit. He said, son of man. Remember what we told you about son of man? Son of man is son of Adam. Why did he do that? He did it, Pastor Sandy said, to remind him of the authority that was given to man in Genesis 1.26. When he said, let's make man in our image, our likeness, we will give him, give them dominion over everything. I read it also in Psalm chapter 8 today during worship. Talked about that dominion. But I want to show you something else. Before, this is so awesome how God did this. Before God ever took him to the valley, he took him to Eden. How many knows that at some point in every series, I'm going to take you back to the book of Genesis? How many knows at some point in every series, I'm going to take you back to the Garden of Eden? Can I get an amen? Because I found out if you want to understand the will of God, study the Garden of Eden. If you want to understand how it's going to end up being one day, study the Garden of Eden. Listen to what he says. So we're preaching from Ezekiel 37, right? Let's go back just one chapter. To Ezekiel 36. And remember, there were no chapter and verses when Ezekiel wrote this. King James put these in there to help us memorize them. But this was a flowing letter. So when I say go back to chapter 36, I'm really saying go back to the thing that he said right before he took him to the vision. Look what happened in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 33. 
right before 37. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities, and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all those who pass by. So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord God, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted that which was desolate. I, the Lord God, have spoken it, and I will do it. See, God took Ezekiel back in his mind to Eden. Before he ever took him to the valley, because, Pastor Sandy, you take it right here. Because he needed to remind Ezekiel that Eden was nothing before God spoke it into existence. Are you hearing me? He needed to remind him, listen, you're about to see something that seems impossible, but I want to remind you before I ever take you there that it's also seemed impossible that there would even be anything like the Garden of Eden in all of its glory and all of its power until I spoke it. That's the power of speaking it. Hallelujah. That's right. Because a lot of people's faith for great miracles are tied yep. to Bible stories from the past. Yeah, yeah. Talking about Eden, yeah. my goodness, what happened there? And it had to be spoken. The sound had to go out first. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about the chain effect. Noah built an ark before there was ever rain. Because the earth was watered by a dew, right? There was no rain. No people knew of rain. This is, the earth was corrupt. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says that all the generations were spoiled except for Noah. They had been affected down to their gene level. They had been corrupted. There wasn't just sin abounding. And the Bible says every thought, continually, everything they did and thought was evil. And Noah was probably not a perfect saint. Let's be honest with each other. But the Bible says he was perfect in his generations, in his genes. He was not corrupt in his genes. So let's take it all the way back to there. He's building an ark when there's no rain. So these evil people, yeah, there's evilness. But they had to think he was crazy. What are you talking about? Rain? What is, what is rain? But he had faith to do it. And let me tell you, you're going to need some faith when it's going to take a long, long time to build a big, big boat with just four of you, right? right. Amen. Right. Amen. But how did he have that kind of faith? Because he kicked it all the way back to the garden. He's thinking about Adam. He's thinking about the Garden of Eden. He's building upon that. He's drawing from that. Amen? Sometimes you're going to have to think about grandma and grandma's prayers, right? Sometimes you're going to have to think about how people sacrificed and told you they prayed for you and they went before you and set an example and they're daily praying over you and speaking into your life. And you're going to have to pull on that, right? Sometimes you you're going to have to reach up on the shelf and pull that old dusty Bible down and just hold on to it and just sleep with it. Put it under your pillow because it's good. It's good, and you can build on it. Abraham was the father of faith, right? But he had to reach back 
and remember what Noah did, right? He had to draw off of that, right? He said, I'll make you the father of nations, right? And that's awesome. But when you have no reference point, what are you going to do? You're going to reach down or you're going to reach back and try to pull on something to feed your faith, right? And then we come all the way to Moses. Wow, he really needed help too. Because who wants to be listening to all these mumbling, whining, gripe, everybody's wanting something all the time. They just want something. They want to talk to you. They want advice. They want you to go basically tear somebody up for what they did to them and fix this and do that. And Why can't you hear from God? Why don't God do this and that and the other? That would be enough to drive somebody crazy. He needed some faith, right? Did the Bible say it took 70 70 men just to get a portion of this anointing to help him govern and lead and deal with all these crazy people. But Moses had to reach back and remember Abraham and Noah and the covenant that God had with Abraham. And he drew strength from these men to be able to do what he had to do. My God, it's a chain effect. Every great generation of faith people have drawn on the impossible miracles from those who have gone before them. You know you have reached back into a pastor from your past, a friend from your past, a television televangelist who's poured into you when you were in your impossible situation, when you were in your valley of dry bones. God made away. And if God can do it for others, he can do it for me. And I've had to tell myself that plenty of times. Because I look at some people and I'm like, Lord, I know you love them, but I do not know how they have walking around since. So I know if you can bless them, you can help me. Amen. And some of you have got to grab a hold of the horns of the altar. You've got to just for once in your life, just say, I don't care. I know I done messed up all them other times, but I am going to believe, God, that you are going to do it this time. You're going to save me. You're going to keep me from making the same old mistakes that I make all the time. Take your authority. Speak over yourself. Speak over your family. And for once and for all, believe God can do it. Amen. Come on, somebody shout yes. Woo. My God. Sometimes, the woman of God says, sometimes you ain't got enough faith for the moment. You got to pull back on the stories of faith of those that came before you. Huh? You know, we still do that. Think about this, though. What she's trying to tell you is this. Noah, his only reference point, one of his only reference points was the generational telling of the story of what God did in the Garden of Eden. So, Abraham... He knew of Noah. He knew of the Garden of Eden. Abraham knew of Mo. I mean, Moses knew of Abraham. He also knew of Noah. He also knew of the Garden. And so that's what you're talking about is the chain effect is that sometimes you got to be reminded of what he's done either for you or even for somebody else to help you believe for that moment. Do you understand that that's what he was doing to the, to the man of God when he said, look, I'm about to put you in a possible situation. You're about to stand in the middle of something that you had nothing to do with of these people that are here. 
Every one of these bones have a story to tell. Every one of these bones got here in a different way. Many of them were murdered, killed. Many of them were here because they took a wrong, made a wrong decision. They, they turned down a wrong path, and they ended up getting to this place that they're at. But regardless of what, how they got here, it's going to seem overbearing. It's going to seem impossible. How can you change a situation? It seems so final because it's one thing for somebody, for the doctor to reach down and take somebody's pulse and look up at you and say, I'm sorry, they're gone. But they're still laying there and you can look at them, go lay your hands on them and, and if the Lord puts it on your heart to speak life into them. It's a whole other thing when, you, when, when the flesh is gone, the bones are, are just in a pile. You, I mean, in one pile, you, you may have, I'm not trying to be gruesome here, but let's be real. This was a pretty gruesome image he was standing in. So you got a pile of bones that could represent 20 different people. You don't know which bone went with which bone. If you wanted to put them back together, you don't have the ability to put them back together because you don't know which one belongs to the other. It's as impossible as it could possibly be. But then that chain effect kicked in. He said, I want to remind you before I ever take you there. When you get there, it's important for you to remember what I just reminded you of. Before there was, when there was nothing, I spoke to nothing and nothing became something. Come on. How many knows our God ain't some fat Buddha statue out in the foyer somewhere. We're going to rub his belly when we come in. We ain't got to strap dynamite to our chest and blow up somebody to, to try to get 70 virgins in the next afterlife. I'm talking about our God chose to leave it all. He created it all and then chose to leave his glory and come down here to give us the ability and the power to walk in the same created power that he created this world in. That's why you were talking about earlier, you said power, life, and death is in our tongue. Why did he say that? He said, how do you have the power, life, and death in your tongue? Because the power, life, and death was in his tongue and is still in his tongue. But then he made us. He breathed into us. And he said, now I give you the ability to speak life. I give you the ability to speak death if that's what you choose. What are you speaking? What are you speaking to your dry bones? What are you speaking to your marriage? What are you speaking to your children? What are you speaking? Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. What are you speaking over your nation right now? Yeah, speak victory and not failure. Say it. You, we got to be careful. It's a, it's a cruel world out there. We don't need to send our kids off to school, yes. work, practice, nights with friends. And, and not be speaking positive things over them. And not be speaking faith over yes. them. And not be speaking safety over them. Don't let the last thing you say to them before they walk out the door be a negative thing. Like, yes. don't make the same mistake you did last time. Yeah, yeah. Don't let me catch you, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We got to pray and speak faith. It yeah. is so important. Yes, it, it is, It is baby. the utmost important. Because here's the thing. On their phones and when they go to school or whatever they're doing, they're hearing the negative. Oh, they are. It's, it's, it's oh, literally are. surrounding them. Oh, they so are. what are they hearing in your house? Mm, hey, how about this? How about mamas and daddies coming into agreement? Mm. Not One of us is not going to speak faith while the other one's over here grumbling. Come on. Because they kind of cancel Unity. each other out a little bit. You yep, need to yep. be on the same page. A yep. household needs to be in unity. Yeah. And if you can't be in unity yeah. in front of... Mm. In front of your children, you Say need it. to settle things 
away from yep, them so that right. they don't see this all the time. Yep, they, yep. There, there needs to be strength and there needs to be harmony yeah. in the home. Yeah, come on, y'all to praise the Lord for that. That's a good word. Hey, I understand the whole good cop, bad cop thing you play where one, one of you is going to be the, the tough one and one of you is going to be the teddy bear. Huh? I understand that, how that works in a lot of families. But when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to, yeah. when it comes to uh, the mind of that child, yeah. the self-esteem of that yeah. child, yeah. The, the, uh, the anointing, the, the calling, and the mandate on that child, oh there's no good cop and bad cop. Y'all got to be in unity. Come on. Y'all got to speak life over those kids. Unity, and we got to set each other out on a positive course. When we're going out for the day, uh, most of the time, everybody goes in a different direction. We're going to work. We're going to school, all this stuff. L come on. Let's leave home on the same page and yep. not with strife where you get on the road and it takes you five miles to calm down. Yes, yes, yes. It's not good. No, it's, not, not good. it's not good. Come in agreement. Anoint your children, your spouse before you leave. Pray together, if yes. at all possible. Yes. If you can, have a devotion with each other before you leave home. And come on, let's just, come on. We're going to get this done today. God is come, with us. Come on, amen, amen. amen. Yes. So, so as we close here, let me just tell you something. The key to seeing the valley of, of dry bones in your life change and in, in, in the things that you've lost in the past come back together sometimes is simply tied to allowing yourself to remember what God has already done in the past. How quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. You know, standing over there hearing Pastor Sandy talk about the time she walked out there in those flip-flop house shoes and a house coat. I'm telling y'all, she didn't give herself justice. I'm, I'm out there going, baby, listen to me. You don't understand. It is gone. It is dead. It is not moving. I was like, I ain't hearing this. She's like, I ain't I listening. I can't hear this. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, you, you hear me. You got to go to work. You got to go to work. I remember her putting it out there. And she goes, just, just get out of the way. She took that Bible, she ran over there, and she ran up my little Ford F, no, one F-150, what was that, Ford Ranger, little Ford Ranger. She walked up a little Ford Ranger, she went, she slammed it on top of that hood. She laid her head on that Bible, and she said, I don't care what anybody thinks, I speak to that engine right now, and I command you, you will work. My husband wants to provide for us. You will work until the day we can fix you. Do you hear me? And then she said, now get in there and turn it over. I was like, okay. Bobby, honestly, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, whatever, baby. I was not where she was. I got in there and boom, that thing turned up. I remember going to work that day, going up Horse Branch Hill. I, it didn't even go slow. It worked right. I was passing people. I was like, whoa, I need to listen to that woman more. Hey, and you know, that's a cute little story, and I love it. And I love drawing on that. And, you know. But it reminds me of, of, of absolutely. What, the, what, all we had was faith, baby. That's all, all we, we had. All we had was faith. And it, my God, God came through again and again for us for all the sickness, yes. financial problems, all these things. But would to God we would be that desperate for lost yes. loved ones. Yes, yes. Shame on me. Yes. Shame on me for yes. not having that kind of faith yes. to speak to those who need to know the Lord. Yes. And you, whatever your needs are in your life, some of you are sick. 
and severely sick. We have people in the hospital this morning from yes. our church. Yes. There are work problems yeah. and relationship problems. Yes. We need to get desperate again. Yes, Amen? we do. Yes, we do. Stop trusting in the doctor and the psychiatrist yes. and all of these things when we need God to move in our yeah, life. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the last thing I want to tell you, you just said the word desperate. Yes. That's the word that's in my heart yes. is that we see a desperation yes. like we've not seen in a long time. We see valleys like we hadn't walked through in a long time. And, and, and I'll tell you something. Every single time the people of God has ever been persecuted or had to go through trials and tribulations, that is when revival came. That is when that is when the awakenings happened. Yes. That is when yes. we finally stood up. The remnant came alive again, okay. and and I think it's so awesome that that God specializes in turning completely desolate situations completely around. You can't get no more dead than dead. Okay, when you're dead, you're dead. That's Jesus right. was dead. He was the leader of a new movement, and all of his believers, they all they knew is that he was dead. It couldn't get no worse than that. But he came back from the dead. That's about as opposite as you can get. You got a valley of dry bones. Dry, dusty. No semblance of how they even could even come back to the right bone that they need to be connected with. But God said to the man of God, prophesy. And it's the, the most powerful part of this whole story, in my heart, in my opinion, is the words, and as I prophesied. And as I prophesied, there came a sound, then a rattling, then bone came to bone. Muscles started coming on the bones. Skin started coming on the, on the bodies. Are y'all hearing me? And I saw them stand up right before my eyes. As I prophesied. I'm telling you where you're at in your family and where you're at in this moment. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God you've got leaders and elders that will speak into your life. But the Lord is telling you, it's time for you to prophesy. It's time for you to not just believe that some leader in the church has to prophesy over your family. I'm not going to be in your kitchen every day when the problems come. And I'm not going to be. Come on, y'all hear me. Some of y'all have got to learn how to stand up in the middle of your valley and prophesy. And you're about to find out as you prophesy, there's going to come a sound. As you prophesy, there's going to start a rattling. As you prophesy, you're going to see the things that looked impossible begin to be possible. But you are going to have have to prophesy hallelujah now watch this this is my last statement sit down for just one more second then we all gonna stand up as he prophesied and those things happened the desolation the Bible says became a great army oh y'all hearing me He says, hear the word of the Lord, dry bones. So as I prophesied, the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. 
you see dry bones, we see an army. Huh? Next time you hear that song, don't just sing that song. Understand, we're just singing the word of God. We're just singing what Ezekiel said. You see dry bones, we see an army. You may, you may see uh, that it's gone, that it's over, that it's, there's no hope of your marriage. There's no hope for your children. They've been addicted for so long, they're just going to die in their addiction. I tell you what, why don't you stand up and prophesy? Why don't you stand up and speak? Why don't you say to that child, my God, you will live and not die. My God, you are free. You are clean. I prophesy. You will obey the Lord. You will accomplish the things that God has called you to do. Don't give up. Stand up on your feet all over this house. Somebody shout this with me. I will prophesy to the dry bone. Woo! I will prophesy. 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 I'll call those things that are not as though they were. I'll call my addicted grandson, my addicted granddaughter, my addicted husband, my addicted wife. I'll call my addicted mama or daddy healed, free, delivered. I'll call my sick loved one healed, free, delivered. Speak over your finances. Speak over your family. Prophesy. <laughs> Prophesy. Prophesy. Speak. 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 The Lord is asking you, can these bones live? The Lord is asking you, can your child be free? The Lord is asking you, can you be healed? The Lord is asking you, is there hope for your marriage? He knows there is, but he's asking you, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? You are the one that he's given the authority to. He is waiting on you. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? Some of y'all just wish a pastor would come by your house and bring an oil bottle and anoint your house and anoint the doorpost to your house. I'm telling you, I'm not saying I wouldn't do that, but quit waiting on Pastor Larry to come to your house and anoint the doorpost and cast devils out. How about you anoint the doorpost? How about you cast the devil out of your house? Open that door and kick him out. Prophesy, son of man. Prophesy. You're here today. And this series has spoken to you. This message has spoken to you. Because when you look at the situation, it looks desolate. I know what the diagnosis says. I know what the verdict said. I know what they said to your face. Some of you have had your kids look you in the face and say, I hate you. Some of you have had your own children say, you're not my father, you're not my mother, but I want you in my life. 
Some of you children, some of you grown men and women of God are still dealing 20, 30, 40 years later with somebody that walked out on you. Your daddy dropped you. Your mama dropped you. They left you. They broke you. Your life seemed to have been defined by the words and the actions of others. If you go and talk to some experts, they'll tell you, this is just who you are. I can help you manage it. But you're addicted for the rest of your life. You're, you're defined by this for the rest of your life. You'll, you'll never fully get over this because the scar is so deep. I used to believe. I, wasn't, I didn't even have to be told that. I had told myself that. I used to believe that. I'm talking about I believed it when I was a pastor. Not just a Christian, while I was a pastor. It took a moment, several times over my life. But God just let me just say everything I wanted to say. And then he began to ask questions. Number one, he don't have any problem with you questioning him. He don't have any problem with you being angry with him. He don't have a problem with anything you got to say to him. Because he already knows how you feel. Amen. Just because it comes out of your mouth don't make it any truer than what he already knows. So sometimes it's just good just go ahead and tell him and get it out. He'll take it. He'll listen. And then he'll say, it's time. 